This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, your source for college hockey in the desert southwest, part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com family. All right, hockey fans in the desert southwest, on Long Island, in Las Vegas again, in Arizona, all around the country, it's College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy live here in Las Vegas this week, and Paul Hornstein joining me as usual from the the homestead on Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you? Uh, we're good. Uh, trying to enjoy these last few days here before it's uh, back to work back, time. Uh, back to the grindstone, right? Uh, yeah, back to the grind. <laughs> I gotta. I can't lie. I, I enjoy the time off much more than I enjoy going to work. <laughs> you want to tell everybody what you do as a full-time gig besides what? dealing with me? Well, that that makes that's more than a full time gig. <laughs> well, you mean the fact that I teach? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you don't just teach. Tell them what you teach. I'm a phys ed teacher, man. Exactly. See, now that would explain the whole thing, right? The hockey, the sports background, all that. Absolutely. Sure. How many years have you been doing that on Long Island? Uh, none of it, to be honest with you. It's all well, been not, in the not. city. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been living on Long Island and doing it in the city? Uh, that's been about uh, 17 years, 27 years overall. So How good is that? Congratulations uh, I'll let you, I'll on let you that. <laughs> All right. Well, this, this is about hockey. Uh, I spent the week in Vegas again uh, trying to prepare for an NHL season, which is sneaking up on us. has really nothing to do with uh, College Hockey Southwest Weekly, except for the fact that there's still college hockey, right? Uh, the right. ACHA is getting ready to crank up, and the rumor mill. Uh, I know you've got a whole bunch of stuff about the new bidding process for the Frozen Fours and places that might want to get in on it, Sunbelt cities, uh, things out west, all kinds of that good stuff to talk about. But right here in Las Vegas, the talk is UNLV. And what's really been interesting, and people that watch Hockey Talk in the desert south this west this week, We'll notice um, my visit with Zeke on the general manager of UNLV. UNLV has changed their momentum streak towards getting an NCAA program. I think they realized a couple of things. I think they realized that the football program here at UNLV needs to be back up on a higher level, generating revenue, which is coming one year from tonight, actually. They'll be playing at uh, Allegiant Stadium the home of the Raiders, and uh, they anticipate a lot of revenue and a lot of excitement going on in Vegas for football. They also uh, have a new basketball coach, and they are very excited about their basketball program. What does that have to do with hockey? Well, here's what it has to do with hockey. If they're successful, the revenue is there in Vegas to maybe add another varsity sport like hockey and also add another women's sport, which they would have to do in Title IX. So the rumor has it right now it's going to be lacrosse when that happens, and that makes a lot of sense. It seems like it would go hand-in-hand with, uh, with hockey. So that being said, Paul, um, hockey right now in Vegas is let's win at the ACHA level, let's win a national championship in the next couple of years, and let's see where everything goes from there. Well, as you know, Z-Con was on that national championship ACHA team that uh, ASU had uh, that springboarded them 
into the NCAA level. And so Z is basically trying to get lightning to strike again uh, in relatively the same way. Uh, you know, they, they have certain built-in advantages. Right now, Las Vegas is a red-hot hockey city. And, uh, you know, they get coverage that a lot of teams and a lot of schools don't get. Their club team gets local television coverage. It's right. local newspaper. You know, that's very, very unusual. And in yes. order to keep that happening, they have to win. And if you win, then everything else takes care of itself uh, because uh, it will make administrations uh, pay more attention. Uh, they would get more coverage. And you would think that on the heels of the Golden Knights and what they've done, and that's what makes this all possible, too. Let's let's not kid ourselves. The success yeah, that the sure. Golden Knights have had um, off the ice and yes. on the ice is what makes this possible. And, you know, whether they decide to uh, put a building on campus, if they ever did make the jump, they already have somewhere to play. So it's not like uh, that would really be an issue at this point. The Golden Knights, and you would see it firsthand. I don't. I'm just... Taking yeah. second-hand word for it, treats the club team there very, very well. They do. Well, actually, they play out of their practice facility right now, and uh, the Golden Knights have set them up nicely with about 1,000 to 1,500 available seats and standing-room-only stuff for them. But a couple of things that are interesting, Paul, this year they're going to play two games over at the Orleans. Okay. Now, the Orleans Hotel is built for hockey right now. It, it's... It, it has ice. It has the ability for ice. It's got about seven to 8,000 seats. That's where North Dakota and uh, Minnesota played uh, last year in the, the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame Classic late October last year. Um, so that that's kind of neat that they're going to play a couple games over there and just kind of experiment with it, what kind of numbers they could bring with that and, and what that brings to them. It's not terribly far from campus. It's closer than City National because it's right. just right down Tropicana Avenue, if you're familiar with Vegas at all. I'm not. Um, <laughs> well, we got to get you out of here because the 37th floor of the, the Rio Hotel where we're at right now is pretty nice. <laughs> I saw some of those pictures. So that um, as long as I'm not looking straight down, we're okay. <laughs> well, you know what you'd really like is, and I, I wish I could show it to you on video, but there's a zip line that runs from the tallest building here to the shorter building. And yeah. it runs right by your window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's get back to hockey. So anyway, <laughs> UNLV is going to play a couple of games there. There's going to be another Fortress Classic coming to uh, Vegas over the uh, first week of January. Bringing in Ohio State. Bringing in, uh, uh, let me think here, Army. Um uh, a couple we of those, I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, we talked yeah. about a couple weeks ago. But anyway, um, they're, so NCAA hockey is here. Uh, and then also the uh, UNLV Rebels are going to play a tournament here after that. So they're going to have two games at the Orleans. They're going to have a tournament that's going to bring in some quality competition, including the national ACHA D1 champions in Minot State. So they're gearing up for something. Um what they're, what they're telling me right now, though, is we realize that we must win at the ACHA D1 level before we can consider jumping to NCAA. 
a la Greg Powers, exactly what he's been preaching to them and everybody that will listen for the last five years. And just in case people don't realize it, um, college hockey does have uh, a history on the West Coast. Um, Tell me about that. You know, first of all, and this part, I don't know if this is 100. I've had discussions with people who said, first of all, that ice hockey was the University of Houston's first varsity sport. Really? Yeah, they were doing a research a research okay. project, and and that's what they that's what they said to me. Um, in the late twenties, uh, all the way basically up to the start of World War II, uh, college hockey was very big on the West Coast. Um, California had a varsity program. USC had a varsity program. UCLA, Loyola, uh, Gonzaga had a, uh, a varsity program, and um, a, a guy that uh, some people might have heard of here um, actually had uh, some big crowds drawn to some of these games. A guy by the name of John Mariucci, you might have heard of him. Ah, yeah, uh, I've heard of him. At least where <laughs> you're from. Um, and, I know, uh, I've been to an arena that's named after him. Does that count? I guess it counts, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, he was uh, on some Minnesota teams that went out to California and played and drew crowds of 3,000-plus to some of these games. So um, there is a history. Uh, What stopped it was World War II. And, you know, unlike in other places, uh, you know, that never got started back up again. So, you know, uh, it's not like there's no history at all on the West Coast. you know, ASU making the jump a cup, you know, five years ago, uh, you know, hopefully we'll kickstart that again. Um, but people just kind of forget that college hockey uh, was really an unknown quantity till about 40 years ago in this country. Right. You're right. Um, you know, uh, it was very, very pocketed uh, up in the upper Midwest and, and, and in New England. And then some craziness happened uh, in upstate New York about 40 years ago. Um, yeah, late, late February, 40 years ago? Um, college kids? Yeah, a bunch of college players won a few games in upstate New York. Um, you know. Turned the entire hockey world, and I mean world, yeah. upside down. Right. So, I mean, and that's, and I don't, I got to say it happened 40 years ago. Ugh. Um <laughs> Yeah, this, you know, it is 40 years ago coming up this season when um, a bunch of college kids beat basically professionals and won a gold medal. And um, all of a sudden, uh, the the college hockey world and the hockey world got turned upside down because the NHL never looked at college players until that no, team won. No, that no. You yeah, very few... Very few college players uh, made it into the NHL uh, before then. Um, you had uh, a few guys like Ken Dryden uh, coming out of uh, Colgate, I believe. Uh, no, no, not Colgate. Um, where the heck did he play? I can't remember off the top of my head. No, it was Mike Milbury, I believe, that was out of Colgate, right? I think you're probably right on that, but I would not. Dryden was Cornell, right? 
Might have been. I think, but, but those Your history were, is better than mine. But those were very few of the players in the National Hockey League, even after they expanded in 67, that college hockey players were looked on as uh, afterthoughts and flukes yeah. until February 1980. And that, yep. you know, so that sparked um, all of a sudden the, the professional ranks were like, whoa, maybe these college kids can play. Right. Okay. Well, uh so you've got that, and then about was it like, so I guess it's about 15 years later when that U.S. team won a World Cup, beating Canada in the final. That was a lot of college players. John LeClaire was on that team. He went to University of Vermont. Um, and so you had even more of an influence now coming out of college hockey. And that really was only 40 years ago. In, 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 in sports, that's not really a long time. You have, no, it, no. you know, it, ta- it took time for kids that grew up playing hockey, watching because they watched those games to get to the point where uh, they had an impact uh, on playing the game. And those guys in 96 were the guys that grew up, watched, you know, that watched the, uh, the U.S. team in 1980, and you have even more college players now uh, getting into the NHL. So it's taken time to build, but more and more college players getting into the game, and they're coming from more and more places. And yes. so when you think of, uh, when we talk about ASU and the possibility of UNLV jumping up, um, there's a little backstory to college hockey on the West Coast. That you know, not many people know of. I mean, I didn't know it until I saw this article. So, um, so it uh, it's coming. It's just going to take time. It just we just want it to happen faster than. Oh yeah, than yeah, because we're getting old, right? I mean, we don't want to see this when we're eighty. <laughs> yes, we do. We want to see we want to see more teams on the West Coast when we're eighty. What do I, what do I sign? Eighty? Uh, no, another twenty five years at least. Let's go. Give me the papers. Where do I sign? Okay. <laughs> anyway. You know what I meant. Yeah. I, I, but I'd like to see it before I'm 60, and that would be uh, about three years down the road. So let's uh, – I can live with that. That gives me five years. So Yeah, let's see if we can get but, something done on that end of it. But here's the thing, and let's jump back into where we're supposed to be talking about, which is uh, ASU hockey. They are leading the way, and I don't think anybody could have predicted – that they would be in the position they're at this early in the game. You know, I mean, Greg Powers did. He showed me his plan. I've heard his plan from day one. He he thought that they were going to be there this coming season. Right. I don't think he thought that they were going to be challenging for a national championship this season. But let me tell you, let me tell you again, it's the end of August right now. It's almost Labor Day weekend. And I'm going to tell you first and foremost that in April – there's going to be a team wearing maroon and gold with a uh, pitchfork somewhere on that. And it's going to be saying it's time for us to challenge for a Frozen Four. Um, oh. This is the best team easily that they put together. Sure. It's the deepest team they put together. And it's the most well-rounded team that they put together. Well, listen, and there's no doubt that them having success led to some of these cities yeah. that are 
theoretically bidding for the next cycle of Frozen Fours. You have uh, the next three are in Detroit, Pittsburgh, and Boston. Uh, those are, are much more um, traditional places. But uh, our buddy Craig Cameron, uh, well, your buddy, I don't really know him. Um, <laughs> uh, well, Greg writes for College Hockey News. He covers college Hockey News. West, college pretty much Western U.S. because yeah. he has ASU. He's got the Colorado schools and things right. like that and, and Alaska's. So, I mean, this is the list, and he put this in order of right. his cities to bid. And I think some of these will surprise people. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, won't surprise people because they've had it they've twice it before. before. Yep. And it's been very popular. And more importantly, it's made money. Yes. So, let's, yep. so let's not uh, – um, number two on that list is where you are. Yep. Yep. Uh, in Las Vegas. And they will make a strong push, Paul. There will be a very I, strong push. I, I would be shocked if they didn't get one because these bids are for the 2023 through 2026 Frozen Force. I would be shocked if they didn't get one. I would also yeah. be shocked if Tampa Bay didn't get one, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of being a, uh, a mix of traditional and quote-unquote non-traditional. Um Third on that list was St. Louis. Yeah, that's traditional. You know, that's well, a little in between. Basically. It's kind of in between, yeah. And, you know, um, when you consider all of the junior hockey that's in that neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, yeah. And St. Louis is producing more and more players. This one caught me off balance. Uh, right. Caught me by surprise. Uh, right here. Madison Square Garden, New York. Yeah, yeah. He's got that fourth on the list. Um, they've been doing it one or two college hockey games a year, uh, mostly with Cornell and some Big Ten teams. They get big crowds for those games. Uh, you know, they have a lot of college sporting events, mostly basketball at Madison Square Garden. But he's got that on the list. Um, coming up after that, he's got Milwaukee and Chicago, a little bit more traditional. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Will there be a team in the state of Illinois by the time that circle goes around? That's good chance. That's been the rumor for three years. So yeah, um, that's about money, Paul. Don't ever kid yourself. That's about money. It, always about the money. will. The will is there. It's the money that I believe is not quite there. It's but, always about. Yeah, that's um, that's what it's about. Uh, the next few on this list are a little bit more. Um, uh, Seattle. Yeah. Well, uh, once they get their rank and they get flourishing in the NHL, 2026 would be a possibility for them, I would think. You know, and we, problem we all... is problem with Seattle is there's no college team close. Well, to host listen. It. Well, but when they had it in Tampa Bay, those at least one of those times, Alabama Huntsville was the host school. So uh, if there's still an Alaska school around, you could see where they might be the quote unquote. Post yeah, they would have school. to be. Yeah. Um, then after that, uh, you know, Gila River and yeah. ASU. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, this next bunch, uh, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, you know, I mean, they got Ohio State, yeah. Dallas. Dallas is big. Da they got Dallas. the ACHA National Tournament last year and this year. Yeah. Kansas City. 
Um, which okay. would be kind of St. Louisy. Dark um, horse. Nashville. Nashville be good. Nashville on that list. Um, but again, who, who's your university there? Huntsville. Yeah, maybe. Well, let's put it this way. Uh, at least according to Cameron, the the New York City bid would be hosted not by an individual school, but the NCHC was looking into it. So it would be hosted by a conference itself. Yeah. Not, I'm just, I'm just throwing know. out there. And like I said, these, this is not coming from me. Um, yeah. You know, I'm just quoting Cameron's story. And the last on that list was Washington, D.C. And they've had it they've before. Had it before. They've had it before, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's an interesting list. If you're following college hockey uh, and hockey in general, uh, I would be stunned if they make a bid. And obviously, we we don't know if one of those four is not in Las Vegas. And I would also be stunned if they make a bid uh, that one of those four is not Tampa Bay. Yeah, let uh, me. Can I throw this out? You can throw anything you want. You're the yeah. boss. I just work here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me throw this out. Here's my prediction for 2023 through 2026. 2023 ends up in Tampa Bay. Been there, done that, all good. Makes money, successful, warm weather, yay. 2024 is going to go to Las Vegas. 2025 is going to go to Seattle. And 2026 is going to go to a new arena on the Salt River Indian Reservation in Scottsdale, Arizona. You really think they'll go four for four in quote-unquote non-traditional places? Listen, yep. I hope you're right. I, 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 I hope you're right. I, 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 think they, I think they need to, and here's why. The traditional places are already generating great response. Right. right? What's right. happening is it's the areas that they want to grow to that they need to grow to. I and agree with that. Beyond, you know, here's the thing. Buffalo was really good last year. You saw the pictures of the crowds. The crowds weren't many because here's what happens in a Frozen Four. The only teams that are really excited about going to a Frozen Four, the fans, I should say, are of the teams of the right. four teams that are going, right? You have to make However, it a destination. Yes. There you go. However, if the destination is Las Vegas, you're going to come oh. down here, you know, for – and the other thing of it is, is in April – the, the Sabres were pretty much out of the hockey world playoffs in the NHL, so there was no NHL to go to. You didn't know about your, your travel weather. In April, it could be iffy. Well, you come to Vegas in April, it's almost perfect. And you come to, uh, you come to Phoenix in April, it's almost perfect. Spring training is over. Everything's going. But what's going to have to happen first is they're going to need to get that arena out of – or they're going to have to get the Coyotes – out of Glendale and over to the east side. Uh, and when that happens, I think you're going to see a lot of things coming your way because for ASU to host it, yeah, I realize that other schools have hosted it from hundreds of miles away. Right. But it's just not a good spot for a college game to be played. And, and ASU has tried it multiple times to play at Gila River. You were there with me last year during sure. the tournament. Four of the best teams, and I'll stand by this for a long time, it was four of the best college hockey teams ever put together in a, in a holiday tournament, and they drew nothing to speak of. They drew nothing. And they had the defending NCAA champions. They had Minnesota State. They had 
they had um, Clarkson and they had ASU and they still had a hard draw. It's so, too hard for the students to get there, even though it was yeah, Christmas. And they, and they were on break anyway, yeah. but it is too hard to get them there. So you got to move it to the east side, but that's my prediction. Let's leave it at that. Let's jump into... That's uh, a very interesting position uh, prediction, by the way. That's all I'm going to say. And I'm all for putting it in places where people well, want to travel. Because here's what's happening. Between now and 2023, they're going to where? Detroit. You right. know, Pittsburgh. Like this year, Pittsburgh. So they're going to hit those, have those right. traditional markets before 2023. And now is the time you need to start to explode it, if, right. in my estimation. But let's, you know... We'll, we'll follow that down the road. It's an interesting story. It's an interesting thought. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the stuff going on with the Sun Devils. They played okay. a, uh, their annual Tillman Cup, which is under the captain's practice rules prior prior right. to them getting on the ice with the coaches, which is going to happen very soon, next week, I believe. Um, so right now they had a little uh, – you're shaking your head. You're just like, it's you like, can't it's, believe it. Wow, it's, that, it's, it's coming up already. <laughs> Okay, so so the gold team finally won. I had a chuckle at Coach Powers' tweet today when he said, Tyler Bush finally won a championship. <laughs> Tyler Bush has been on the losing team for the past couple of years. So that was kind of a little a little joke out there. But uh, are you surprised with a team that has Brinson Pashnock on it, uh, Logan Genuine? Um, who's that defensive partner that, that plays with Brinson that you really like? Uh, yeah, but Maniscalco, I don't know. Was he? I, I don't know yes, who they are by their faces. Yeah, uh, yeah. Josh Maniscalco. Was okay, on that well, team. I was kind of. I only we only I was only or between you and others. I was only we able to kind of figure out three of the defensemen that were on there. Um, and there had to be more. So I'm just assuming. Well, I would. Gavito, Gavito Johnson, right. Connor Stewart, Brinson Pashnuk. And uh, it would have had to been Josh Maniscalco and because... Josh Maniscalco. Yeah, they were standing right next to each other in the back. And I believe the goaltender is uh, is our uh, our Boston U, our Boston call, our Boston U transfer. Boston right? U, I, I believe so. You yeah, know, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Um, anyway, so. that so that's a fun thing for them to do. And uh, and the nice part about that is a uh, well, two things that caught my eye. They aren't even going to separate. Maniscalco and Prince and Brinson during, during the captain's Practice. practices. They yeah, want them together all the time, right? Yeah. Uh, and the freshmen that are coming in are making a mark. That also had a team of Jordan Sandu was on that team. Um, so yeah, there's 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 a whole bunch of talent just waiting to burst at the seams. I've told you this before, and I'm going to say it again. This is what I think is going to make the biggest difference this year: is the guys that are redshirting. We talked about Chris Grandall last week. We right. already know that Carson Briere is there redshirting. That practice competition is going to be the difference between them being potential national champions and potential Frozen Four participants and not. In the well, years past, they didn't have that skill level, that depth to compete in practice. Even though they're not going to play in games, they are going to push them to the limit every practice, and I just can't wait to start seeing those Tuesday practices. Well, the defensemen have to push themselves and push the rest of the guys to the limit, too, because yeah. there's not guy, there are not guys red-shirting uh, as far as defensemen are concerned. And there's, you know, depending on how the coach makes the line, if you're talking about 
maybe seven of them playing. Well, there's nine of them. Yeah. Uh, you can't take a practice off because if you do, you might not see the ice again. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, you know, uh, there's three goalies. You Can you afford to have an off night? I don't know. Uh, having right. not really seen uh, – I mean, we've seen them, but we haven't seen them, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that will push people. Um, you have a situation – where guys are going to want to play and you they're just not going to be able to take practices off. Um, the competition will be good for a lot of different reasons. One, the depth. And two, they're not going to sneak up on anybody this year. No. no. They're, they're not going to sneak up week, on anybody. I told you last week when that video came out um, showing Austin Matthews when that in that – Gold Arizona State jersey that that put a huge target on their back whether they wanted it or not because well, everybody saw that video and everybody knows that oh yeah they really think like he you and I were talking about it off camera there's some, some stuff going on jabs going on from schools that have been very powerful high in the rankings shooting shots at the ASU program so yeah well it, it started already well yeah and like I said. You're not Austin Matthews video or not. Once they made the tournament last year, um, they're not, they were not going to sneak up on anybody this year. People, you know, when they play the Denver's and the Minnesota States and the Wisconsin's, uh, you know, th those teams are not going to look at ASU like a weekend off. They're just not. Um, yeah, yeah. And. The, the, the pressure is also reversed. Uh, ASU can't afford to lose to, to teams that they're going to be expected to beat. So, you know, I mean, it works both ways. Um, look at what happened last year. Um, North Dakota lost, uh, got swept in a weekend series at Canisius. And that kept them out of the tournament. Yeah, it did. Yes, and listen, it did. They, don't they, think they don't know it either. Of course they know. I mean, but it's not like, North Dakota went there and played poorly. They they outshot Kinesis like three to one in both of those games, right. yeah. but they didn't score. Yeah, and if you can't score, you can't win. Hard to win. Hard, Hard to, to win. win. So they, you can't take nights off or or go into a game overconfident uh, if you're playing ASU or ASU playing whoever they're playing. They're gonna have, need to bring it. Every single night. Now, are they going to have off nights? Of course, every team does. Okay, but and I use them as the example only because they're the next team that ASU plays. Yep. Um, yep. ASU's got to play two games to open the season against Mercyhurst. ASU can't afford to lose those two games. They can't no. afford to lose one of those games. You just can't. And. Nope. And that's a, a, a different pressure. And, you know, towards the end of the season last year, when ASU was playing AIC and, RI, and, 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 and RIT, ASU was definitely favored to win those games. And uh, some of those games, they, they, they got out by the skin of their teeth. So, well, let me jump in on that one just a little bit, and then we'll get ready to wrap things up. But um, we talk about 
those games, I think what they were missing last year was depth and adaptability. And here's what I mean by that. Last year, they had an identity. It started with, with uh, Joey Decord, and they had an identity that nobody could score on our goaltender. Then their, their defensive core was pretty solid, and they had Johnny Walker and Demetrius Coleman's East, but they had no depth beyond them. What they've added this year, in my estimation, is they've added depth. They've added secondary scoring. It's funny that I bring this up because when you hear hockey talk, you're going to go, hey, when you were talking to, to Ken Bolke from Sinbin, you guys were talking the same thing about the NHL. Exactly. Yeah, well, it, the game is still when, the game. You, you yeah. can't. The, the game, just because the level of talent and level of skill is different from one level to the other, the game doesn't change. You, no. can't, you can't have one or two guys do all the scoring uh, on a consistent basis because teams will catch up to that because you're right. usually playing at your level. So uh, just, be, it, just because it's college as opposed to the NHL, doesn't matter. No, but here's my point. My point is that last year they had to play a certain style and they were, they were good at it, but this year I think they can adapt to any style. You just mentioned nine defensemen. They can put any one of those nine defensemen out on the ice and feel comfortable that they can get the job done. If they need size and strength, they got Gavito, they got uh, Gorley, they got you know the the big guys coming in, uh, Judson, and uh, you know I mean, so they've got the guys to play that style. They also have finesse. They got Maniscalco, they got Brinson, they've got Connor Stewart, who I would call him more of an offensive defenseman than a true defenseman. So. They can mix and match based on the team that they're playing, and I bet you're going to see that. The other thing that you're going to see is they will win a lot of special teams battles. There's already talk in the, in the uh, hockey world that Wisconsin's going to have the best power play that college hockey has ever seen. Oh, they are good. Okay. First of all, they are going to be yeah. loaded. Let me tell you, let me tell you <laughs> I'll, I'll veer off of that a minute, but let me tell you my Frozen Four pick in August, right? It's going to be ASU. It's going to be Wisconsin. It's going to be Minnesota, and it's going to be anybody else. That that other one is open. But if you want to talk about teams that are powerful, Wisconsin, Minnesota, ASU, and then it's going to be somebody else. And I don't know who that that fourth team is right now, but I can almost guarantee you that unless there's a major upset along the way, those three teams will uh, will get into the tournament. And that means where's Minnesota Duluth? Where's Minnesota State? Where's Boston College? Where's Boston U? Where's North Dakota? Uh, where's Ohio State? Where's Denver. Notre Dame? Denver. Yeah, I mean, you name it. All of those schools are out there. But, man, Minnesota is as loaded as Wisconsin, if you ask me. And they yeah. are going to have some real Big Ten battles. Oh, I mean, Wisconsin's got, what, four number one picks? I <laughs> yeah. mean, and not, first and not just... First round picks. First not, not number yeah, one. And not, yeah, well, first round picks, not just, you know, like... 30th or 27th these guys top 10 top 15 picks and they and and there are some other guys in that team besides those draft picks that are considered high-end nhl prospects they are though they get any goaltending at all of course you could say that about just about every big 10 team because going you know last year they didn't have any on any of the teams so well and here's the thing minnesota and wisconsin one of them is going to have to win the big 10 tournament Right. right. They both can't win. So one of them will get in. I'm going to say it's going to be Wisconsin. 
but Minnesota will get an at large for sure because of their their I mean that that team is just they're loaded. Yeah, so anyway, so that's my thoughts on it as we speak here uh in uh late August and approach Labor Day weekend and next time we talk Paul, I do believe the Sun Devils will be on the ice and uh and going at it for uh preparations for Mercyhurst. So you know what? Let's just knock on wood that there's no injuries along the way as they get ready. Let's knock on wood that everybody develops as they hope they're going to develop. And uh, one more quick throw, uh, throw out to uh, shout out, I should say, to uh, one of the, the guys that, that just committed to ASU. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Con- uh, Connor Stewart, Riley, Riley Stewart, and his mother drove up from from Arizona to Dubuque, Iowa, and they kind of documented it on Instagram along the way. I, I think see it was that. his mom that did most of the documenting, but it was really cool because a couple of weeks earlier, they showed a picture of him going, okay, getting ready to start his senior year at Desert Vista, 2020 grad from Desert Vista High School in, in Ahwatukee. And now all of a sudden it goes like, welcome to high school in Dubuque, Iowa. Yeah, it's a little different. <laughs> yeah, it was a little funny. But yeah. uh, so congratulations to, to, uh, to Riley. I hope he has a great season. I hope he gets himself ready. So, when he gets down uh, on the roster at ASU, he's just uh, a man-child because I really think he will be. Well, we're going to see. Um, you know. Uh, all right. You got anything else to close it out with? No, I think we're good for now. Um, you know, it just I, – I, I am always excited for the season to start. And uh, like I said, if I can figure out a way to divorce the season <laughs> uh, – well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tease something that you've been you've been jabbing at me off camera for a while, but um, me I wouldn't do that. I, I think next week we're gonna be able to talk about. Let me just put it this way: we're gonna be able to talk about reliving the miracle. Okay. What do you think about that? I'm a, I, listen. I I remember that like it was yesterday. So <laughs> even though it was 40 years well, ago. So let's just leave it like that: reliving okay. the miracle. We'll talk about it next week. All right. All right, folks, that's another show. Uh, great shout-out to, uh, to Paul for jumping in from Long Island, as always. Thank uh, you. Let's talk a little bit about our sponsors. We got uh, our good friends at Oxyfile that I always get the stink out and uh, eliminate odors of any stretch. Everybody that gets that stuff from me, first of all, nobody knows about it, which I don't know how that can be. But when they get it, they love it, right? So uh, all of my guests and everything that I do uh, gets a bottle, and they love it. Um, our friends at M-Drive... Yeah, the, the friends at M-Drive are thrilled. I promised you a box. It will be on the way just as soon as I ever get settled down uh, to uh, to get you on the M-Drive. It's, uh, it's fantastic. You know, they, they have post offices in Las yeah. Vegas. I've heard that. I've heard that. <laughs> I send mine by Pony Express. Huh. <laughs> okay. In addition to that, our good friends over at College Bar and Grill who will be lighting things up. It's football season, Paul. They're... Uh, the Sun Devils are starting about right now. Opal? Uh, What's that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know that sport. So so the college bar and and, uh, and grill guys are really excited about Sun Devil everything. But Sun Devil football, Sun Devil hockey, it's great to have it all going on again. It's great to have the college world back in session. So for now, until next week, I'm Scott Scrandy here in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Paul Hornstein on Long Island in New York. Who will probably next week you back at school or what? Yeah. Okay, I heard it. Back we, to we might have to go back to Mondays to start doing some recording, but we'll see. Right, we'll figure it out. <laughs>
All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. Tune in next week at IcetimeHockeySW.com on uh, College Hockey Southwest Weekly on any podcast, anywhere you can get your podcasts, uh, Podbean, iTunes, you name it. And then also uh, turn into YouTube and, and see our beautiful faces. We love to see uh, Don't scare off the on viewers. YouTube as well. Don't scare off the viewers. <laughs> All right, Paul, have a good night. We'll see you next week. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill, pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refine your prime with M-Drive.